0: Hi, it's Dwyer, GamblersAdvisory.com, a free site, BettingAngle.us, a free site. It is October the 6th, 2022. Let's talk about handling the truth and PEDs in boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. I'm not gonna name any boxers. I'm not gonna out anyone here in this video. But let me just say, I want everyone to remember that scene from the movie, A Few Good Men, where Jack Nicholson is on the witness stand and he says to the lawyer, you can't handle the truth, right? Folks, I don't believe we as boxing fans, as a group, can handle the truth about what's really happening in the sport. I want you to think about driving. There's signs everywhere, right? You're on a highway, there are signs every few miles with the speed limit. You're driving at the speed limit, but yet cars are passing you by, right? Everyone expects there to be a group that is violating the speed limit. You yourself get carried away in your own vehicle and you see a cop off at the side of the road and you think, well, you know, I'm within five miles per hour of the speed limit. I'm over, but I'm within five miles an hour. This cop's not even going to stop me. Right? They're just looking for the people who are lost, who are careless, who are unconnected, who are foolish enough to not be properly prepared. That's how it is with PED testing. Let me also say too that the public is so unaware that they struggle to even define a PED. So is clenbuterol a PED? Right? Understand, the people who are taking advantage of the rule structure have their excuse already figured out before they're caught. So they know, okay, this is a weight-based sport. If I can drop three extra pounds of water before the weigh-in, and my opponent can't, I'm going to have an advantage. My opponent's going to be out in a sauna and stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm going to be taking this shortcut here to make weight. Right? The public buys lines that clenbuterol is not a performance-enhancing drug. They buy the excuse that there's tainted meat out there that someone could have taken inadvertently, supposedly during a training camp right before they were being tested. right? The public doesn't realize that EPO is a performance-enhancing drug. This is even as the Tour de France has been decimated with positive EPO tests. And, of course, the legacies of people like Lance Armstrong have been called into question. Right? The public Here's about female fertility drugs being found in men. And they don't know what to make of that. They're like, wow, is that a PED? Is that related to PEDs? If it's female fertility, what's the relationship, if any, to testosterone? Now, if you, like me, have hung around some gyms, you understand the value of female fertility drugs. I'm not saying I've ever used them. But what I am saying is, if you Google one of the best baseball hitters I know of, Manny Ramirez, and type in the words female fertility drug, you'll find out that Manny got suspended. He got caught. He got pinched because the testers in Major League Baseball understood the connection between female fertility drugs and performance enhancement. Right? I don't want you to believe me. I want you to do the Google search. It's an eye-opener. So understand, only the careless or the unconnected get caught. Now, let me pivot here. Because boxing's a unique sport. People have been cutting corners in boxing for so long that folks have no idea about how it's impacted some of the biggest fights in history. So what I want people to do is to come up with their own private list of the top five biggest fights of the 20th century. I'm guessing on that list is the first Fraser-Ali fight. Right now, let me point out, that fight was so big that both guys were unbeaten. Both guys arguably could claim that they were the heavyweight champion. Right, Ali in interview said, how could I be an unbeaten champion? holding the belt that Lewis had. And have anyone claim that anybody else is the champion? It was powerful stuff. What I want people to realize is there was a big-time financial player in the background, Jack Kent Cook. You might remember him. He owned the Los Angeles Lakers, right? This is the same Jack Kent Cook who would later own, I believe, the Washington Redskins. Right? Understand, Jack Kent Cook wanted the fight at the Fabulous Forum in Southern California. But there was a problem. Joe Fraser was blind in one eye. The people involved, the insiders, realized that they could not get a boxing license for arguably the biggest fight of the 20th century in Los Angeles they understood it but they had a connection they knew people in New York so that fight even though there was money ready to have the fight in the forum from the owner of the forum that fight took place in Madison Square Garden. That fight's a big part of Madison Square Garden's history, its reputation as the mecca of boxing. Right? There were people willing to look the other way as Joe Fraser took his vision test. Right? Just understand that. The source of this information is none other than Joe Fraser himself, who, after he retired, talked about his life, talked about how they had a connection in New York. Right? Just understand, folks, the second fight takes place in New York, the third fight they leave the country for. If you don't believe that conspiracies exist in boxing, You just don't know boxing history. So now, let's talk about the layers. And folks, it's layers that should have you realizing that they're never going to get rid of PEDs in boxing. Never, ever. The money is too big. The athletes are faced with a choice of living in poverty, or using the skills they have that might be professional level, to enhance them, to make themselves millionaires, to have intergenerational wealth, to have the kind of popularity in their country where they might be able to run for office, Right, understand here in the United States, I'm not accusing anyone here of PED use, but you have a former professional athlete who right now is running to be a member of the United States Senate representing the state of Georgia. Right, in other countries, fighters have been able to win elections, serve in the legislature of that country because of the reputation they built in the sport of boxing. So let's talk about the layers here. I want people to understand the doctor-client privilege. It's a legal privilege, right? We give people talking to their doctors a certain amount of privacy. Understand it takes a lot. Some kind of, you know, Murdering of parents as happened in the Menendez brothers case, for there to be a waiver of the doctor client privilege. Right now, let me just point out in my own life, right, there are certain presidents who I admire greatly. I have some videos up here on my crime YouTube channel, right talking about the assassination of one of the better presidents in American history, John F. Kennedy. The person, the president who started the Peace Corps, right? Arguably the first president in American history who believed in African liberation, right? Friend of Dr. Martin Luther King who had Dr. King at the White House who sat down and endorsed the march on Washington before it happened. That Kennedy. Well, who knows? What JFK got from his doctor, Max Jacobson, who was known as Google this, Dr. Feelgood. Right, the rumors run rampant and include things like amphetamines. Google JFK and Dr. Feelgood. You'll get a bunch of articles. Just understand where the money runs deep, where the influence runs deep. If you're a fighter, you're generating a lot of money for the sport, you understand that you don't have to go out on the street to try to buy Drugs, your doctor, if you cultivate the right relationship, your doctor can actually prescribe drugs for you, right? Understand, in the context of a doctor-patient relationship, much of what's shared is legally protected. There's something called a therapeutic use exemption. Understand all of these drugs I've named, right? Clenbuterol, EPO, female fertility drugs. They actually have valid reasons for usage if you have certain conditions. Right? Think about it. So for the wealthy in boxing, And when I say the wealthy, I'm not just talking about the fighters. Understand, you could be a promising young fighter. There might be money around you. Right? For the connected and the wealthy. Fighter doesn't have the money. Maybe manager does. Maybe promoter does. Maybe advisor does. Maybe the pharmaceutical consultant or the fitness guru. Don't we give these people a lot of names? Well, just understand, people who know how to structure things understand the value of the therapeutic use exemption. They understand the value of doctor-patient privilege. Folks, there's plausible deniability all around. Right, well-known trainer, well-known boxer. There's a fitness guru hanging around the gym. Right, the well-known boxer signs on with the well-known trainer. The trainer claims that the fitness guru is self-employed. That the fitness guru has no formal ties to the trainer. That the fitness guru recruits his own clients. That to the extent the fitness guru has a business relationship with the well-known boxer at the trainer's gym, that's a private matter between the well-known boxer and the fitness guru. Right now, if these guys were smart, the fitness guru would have an in with the doctor, or better yet, the well-known boxer would find his personal physician, would interview the physician, figure out if if the physician is ready to play ball, understands how things are done in, dare I say, professional sports, And then of course, start asking questions. Might even complain of having physical conditions that mirror those that fit the requirements for legitimate use of certain prescribed drugs that may, might perhaps enhance performance. The trainer doesn't have to know the details. The fitness guru, if he's smart, is not going to be present during any doctor-patient communications. Right? If questioned, the doctor's going to say, hey, look, you know, this is doctor-patient. The doctor might even have notes, self-serving notes, that point out that the Reasons why someone would prescribe EPO mirror the complaints made by the patient. And so, of course, the prescription was a valid prescription. Right? Just understand the way things work. There might even be hypotheticals. Criminal defense lawyers know what I'm talking about. Where the athletes talking to the doctor and the doctor says, you know what, I I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, making a prescription here. But hypothetically, if you had these symptoms and uh, hypothetically, if you were looking to um you know acquire the substances which may or may not be accepted in the United States let's say the treatment is taking place there well perhaps in these countries right Mexico uh, Bolivia etc or perhaps with this doctor in this location um, they are known for treating, someone with your condition, you might want to check with them. Right, folks, I'm just telling you that boxing commissions aren't equipped to make the twists and turns to navigate this maze in a normal investigation. Right, boxing commissions, they barely know what the PEDs are, what we're finding out is that the British Commission ran tests, someone came back clean, and of course, it's the private testing group, not the official commission, but the private testing group that started to have questions that did their own tests and found substances in a fighter system. Right, so, Here's the dilemma that we are faced with, right? And understand my constituency are gamblers, right? I'm not here with a clean up the sport mission, right? I'm really more of a clean out the casino mission than a clean up the sport mission because I believe it's impossible Right? You had a lot of track and field guys test positive in the 1980s for cough syrup. Understand, when baseball tried to police itself, it wasn't even aware of the cream and the clear. Right? This is a situation where the investigators don't even know what to look for. And, of course, you're dealing with layers of plausible deniability. So for gamblers, how can we spot the PED users and take advantage of that information to win bets? Right, that's my focus. Now, let me just say it's a myth. Right, folks I'm a longtime baseball fan I remember the 1990s it's a myth that you could look at a guy and immediately figure out if he's juicing I want people to think about Gerald Miller who was busted right I'm only naming someone who was busted right Gerald Miller didn't have a well-defined body You wouldn't look at him and think that he would win bodybuilding contests, right? Gerald Miller looked a little bit big and flabby, but yet Gerald Miller had several substances in his body, right? Think about that. So let me just say, you need to look at the age of the fighter. If the fighter is under 28, in my opinion, that fighter is bulletproof. Right? I'm just telling you guys in their early 20s have more stamina than guys in their 30s. They just do. Right? Some guy who's juicing before his body starts to reject the excessive muscle mass, some guy who's juicing in their early 20s is going to have increased stamina. They're going to have increased power. They might have increased hand speed. Understand, in baseball, the bat speed on juicers was higher than the bat speed on average, right? Quick twitch becomes quicker twitch, in my opinion, and I'm not a medical doctor, when someone is juicing. So if you see a guy, and he's facing an older fighter, and you feel the guy's in his early 20s and the guy's a juicer, even if that older fighter has more skills, if you feel that the older fighter is clean, the older fighter tires, the older fighter, you know, is a, is great on an even playing field, but is going up against a young guy who has high testosterone just flowing through his body. My advice, if you're not going to back away from that fight, is to at least think about the possibility that the younger guy might just have too much of an athletic edge. And even if the younger guy doesn't know what he's doing and can't outbox the older guy, part of your betting portfolio has to have the younger guy by stoppage. Let me also say too, when you see acne where you're not supposed to see it, There's always a cover story for the acne. But you see acne on a fighter's back. You see too much acne on the guy's face. Especially when you go online and you look at the guy's amateur fights. And you notice the guy didn't have an acne problem. right? So if a guy didn't have an acne problem at 18 and suddenly has a full-blown acne problem, at 23. And, of course, hits hard, seems to have unnatural stamina. No one's going to tell you, hey, that guy's a juicer, but you need to think for yourself. right? Look more at the stamina than at the muscle mass. Now, if the fighter is over 28, it's different. Right, if you look at the guy and the guy has a lot of baby fat on him in his early 20s, and suddenly this guy who's been a professional athlete for years loses all the baby fat, you can look at the guy's abs, and you know, the guy's a bit well defined. That difference between the guy in his early 20s and the guy in his late 20s should raise red flags. But let me tell you something. The juicers, by the time they get to their later 20s, one man's opinion, we're just sharing our notes. Right? The juicer needs to have slow rounds as he gets older because the body starts to rebel against the increased muscle mass. Right, The muscle mass is increasing. The ligaments and tendons are not. Also, too much muscle mass, muscles will get tired. You'll notice in older juicers, they'll shut down. Right, So understand, baseball, perfect sport for juicers. Because you're in the field, you're standing around, you're not under stress all the time. Right? Even when you're in the batter's box, this is baseball culture, you can call for time, you can back out, you can adjust yourself, adjust your cup, Right, take your time. Baseball's leisurely. So juicing allows for those explosive moments. You'll notice in boxing where you don't have that time. Sometimes you're fighting a Kanachki, a Chris Ariola. Right, The dude is in your face and he's throwing a bunch of punches. You're under stress. Sometimes you'll see juicers just shut down. Right, The body reaches a point where they say, hey, bro, we're artificially enhanced. And we're overstressed. We're shutting down. You don't take care of your body, your body will take care of you. So what I found is that juicers will have slow rounds. Now, if they're facing a guy with a jab who has the kind of game where he can throw volume without really engaging you, a guy with a style who can win the slow rounds, that guy has a chance to steal the fight on the scorecards right? You want to deal with fighters who are slick, fighters with defense, fighters who can win slow rounds, fighters who are prepared to go the distance. Those guys exist, right? Against a juicer who is going to be plotting many rounds, is going to be trudging along. Because while the performance enhancement, allows them to have explosive rounds and they hit harder right their body is carrying extra weight i can't tell you how many former nfl football players offensive linemen i've seen right on these nfl broadcasts sometimes they're visiting sometimes they're the announcer and you look at the guy and you're thinking, well, I remember when this guy weighed 300-something pounds. How did this guy suddenly drop 60 pounds post-career at a time when one would imagine he's not working out like he did during his NFL career? Right? Just to understand, a lot of these juicers are enhanced. They're carrying 25 extra pounds of muscle if they're cruisers and heavies. Right, let me say this too. Juicers temperamentally tend to be more up and down. So you notice a juicer and suddenly the guy loses it. He's arguing with the referee he's blatantly throwing low punches. The other guy fouls him and he's thrown off his game. His concentration's gone. He's hitting the guy after the bell. That's a red flag. If you're in a place that has live betting, right? And you see a juicer start to lose it in a fight. That's something you might want to take advantage of. Let me also say too, between fights, Again, the tendons and ligaments don't adjust to the increased muscle mass on juicers. So when a fighter starts having really odd injuries, right, I can tell you in baseball, there was a great player who one time tore a tendon under his underarm. And I was thinking, man, I didn't even know there were tendons under your underarm right and of course the guy was a bit oversized that told me that that guy might be enhanced right i want people to go back to the mitchell report in baseball look at all the names on the mitchell report right the mitchell report concluded that certain guys were juicing some of these guys look like normal people but you notice the numbers jumped. Right, let me point out, I'm a Yankee fan. It's clear from the Mitchell report that there was a time, I believe it's late 90s, early 2000, when the Yankees appear to have been, just given the concentration of guys who they acquired who are mentioned in the Mitchell report the Yankees appear to have been collecting juicers, right? At one point, Jose Canseco was a Yankee, right? And so my point to you is simply, when you're artificially enhanced and you're put under stress, things start to fall apart for you in a way they don't for a natural guy whose body can adjust to what's natural, right? Finally, let me just close by saying this, track and field people know what I'm talking about. You had a lot of people who signed up with a guy named Trevor Graham, right? At the time he was viewed as a world-class track coach and suddenly a lot of older track people started to do great things, right? You know, Trevor Graham's team just seemed to be two world class. If you see that in boxing, and you do some research and you find out they're fitness gurus hanging around that trainer's gym, and you're watching the trainer's fighters, and you're noticing, right, that there's some temperamental problems. you might want to start suspecting steroid use, right? So from time to time, folks in the comment section here, sometimes in public, will come up to me and start talking about juicing and say, hey, how many fighters do you think are juicing? Folks, I just want folks to understand, this isn't a per fighter type thing. There's a juicing culture out there. Right? I believe the number is north of 20%. Right? I believe in the 80s and 90s, juicing was even more commonplace. Right? 88 World Series. I want you to look at that Kirk Gibson game. There's a game in that 88 World Series where the LA Dodger fans start yelling at Jose Canseco when he comes to bat. And the chant is, steroids, steroids. Right, folks, I lived through the 80s, I lived through the 90s. We knew guys were juicing. We knew. We were just into the power numbers. Right? For a long time, only George Foster and Cecil Fielder, over a several-year stretch hit the 50 home run plateau. Suddenly, you had a bunch of guys hitting 50, right? You had a guy hit over 50 home runs and have 50 doubles. Folks, that's 100 hits, right? Doubles and home runs, just doubles and home runs in a year, and we were cheering, right? I'm telling you, I remember the McGuire-Sammy Sosa season, uh, Folks weren't confused. We thought it was an enhanced era. We thought this was going to be the future. You had pitchers flame out with teams and communities that love them. Leave and go elsewhere. And then suddenly, baseball's a numerical sport. That fastball was back up over 95 miles an hour. We knew there was a culture in baseball. Folks, there's a culture in boxing. You're kidding yourself if you think otherwise. You can't name who you suspect because you don't have proof. Because even if you think you have proof, it's impossible to prove. Given the layers, right? Doctor-patient privilege. Therapeutic use exemption, stuff like that, right? Gamblers, though, need to take advantage of these situations, right? If you feel that some guy is moving up in weight, not by one weight class, but by more than one weight class, And that the guy plans to crash the pocket to win the fight. In my opinion, that should be a red flag. In such a case, the hedge would be the guy you think might be enhanced by stoppage. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video.